Hey, what's up, everybody? It's Jesse, and you are listening to List It, my podcast where me and a guest rank and list our favorite things in a certain pop culture category or within a certain topic. Honestly, we're ranking and listing pretty much whatever we want because the whole construct of this show is we want to make arguing on the internet actually fun. And speaking of fun, I have one of the most fun, one of the funniest, and one of those thoughtful people I know on the show today, my good buddy, Sam Acho. Now, Sam has spent the last decade in, as an NFL linebacker. He's he's actually been in the NFL in NFL locker rooms, has played uh, in front of hundreds of thousands of people and on TV, and I was trying to think, like, what would be a great topic for me and Sam to kind of dig into and unpack a little? And at first I wanted to do, I was thinking sports movies. We'll do sports movies. Uh, But it turns out there are, like, a ton of sports movies, and it just felt, like, a little bit broad. And then it was, like, sports movie speeches. And then I started listening to some, and they're all pretty inspirational. Like, there's a scene in in any sports movie where the coach, it's usually about three-fourths of the way in, and the coach will gather all his players and it, it you know he gives some sort of uh, you know anecdote about something that happened when he was a child and then unpacks it and inspires his troops to go out and win whatever game and look I'm a sucker for those moments because I'm a human but uh, it turns out listening to those speeches on a podcast and trying to be funny about them doesn't really work because you just feel like a jerk who wants to tear down somebody's halftime speech so what I decided to do was that me and Sam would would rank and list our favorite TV shows and movies that are centered around football. Now, I know what you're thinking, like, well, how many could there possibly be? So when I started researching this episode, there are so many, like even on Netflix right now, you have QB1, you have a great documentary called Undefeated. You can go on different streaming services and watch old episodes of Friday Night Lights. Uh, we, We talk on this episode about Hard Knocks on HBO. And that's not to mention the tons of football movies that are out there in pop culture from like the old ones from the 80s and 90s, like Necessary Roughness and The Longest Yard. To more kind of recent, more kind of sentimental ones like The Blind Side and Remember the Titans, I thought this would be a really fun opportunity to get some uh, inside knowledge about what it's like on a on a NFL locker room because we do talk about the show like Ballers on HBO with The Rock and kind of the the lifestyle of the NFL, but also some X's and O's. It was so much fun digging in with Sam, hearing what his perspective is on on, on a lot of kind of the adjacent things and culture that are kind of around football and also just kind of catching up with a with an old old friend also i want to give you a quick heads up about one other thing about this episode uh we recorded this uh via zoom because that's what everyone does now is what we connect on zoom and if you've had any zoom meetings you know that uh that app and and kind of communications over it isn't always perfect and so the audio quality throughout this episode um, isn't at the the level that uh, it typically is. And so don't worry, it's something that we are working to correct and will not be a feature of Listed. So uh, I did want to give you a little heads up. We are correcting it. Uh, but thank you for listening anyway. Uh, if you can, if you don't mind kind of the, the audio, um, you know, kind of bottoming out here and there, it's still some great content. Thanks to Sam. 
So, hey, hope you enjoy the episode. But please, even if uh, even if you're not a big football person personally, uh, at least go check out the book, Let the World See You, because it is Sam is such a thoughtful dude. He's such a great writer, such a great thinker. Uh, he's so authentic and so real that at the very least, go check out his book. All right, without any further ado, here is Listed with Sam Macho. All right, my guest today is 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 a legend. Uh, a decade in the NFL. Uh, you probably see him. He's all over TV these days. You and your brother are just everywhere. I feel like I can't turn on TV without seeing one of the Acho brothers, including a recent appearance on, on uh, Colin Coward's show. And most important, I don't want to say most importantly, everything on your, your list of accomplishments is hugely important. But you have a new book coming out. Ladies and gentlemen, the author of the upcoming book, Let the World See You, my buddy, Sam Macho. Sam, how's it going, man? Jesse, I'm good, man. It's good to, good to see you. Good to be back with you, man. It's been a while. Oh, it feels like old times. <laughs> yes, it does. Dude, For okay. those who don't know, we used to host a podcast together, man. Like We would go back like daily. Oh, I mean, yeah. like every, every week, we would talk a couple times a week. Man, I miss you. It's good to be back, though. It's good to be yeah, back. Yeah, you too. Well, listen, I've told people before. It's like, hey, you guys leveled up on the pod because <laughs> <laughs> you and Steve are still doing a pod. People definitely need to check it out. It's called uh, Home Team, and you get it wherever you get your podcast. And it's Sam, Steve Carter, and Sam Ponder, who's juggling, <laughs> <laughs> who's juggling that and like college game day and being, you know, an NFL, you know, an ESPN personality. So Sam, a lot going on, but you're the next big project. Cause I want to, ju- we got a lot to talk about today. Uh, for people that, uh, y- you saw from the, the podcast title, me and Sam are ranking our top six football TV shows and movies. It's going to be a lot of fun because I'm interested in Sam's insight. I love corny sports like entertainment. And so I want, I'm interested in your behind the scenes, but first and foremost, let the world see you, your book available for pre-order now. Let, let's, let's talk about the book for a minute, man. Uh, for people that, you know, are just, are, are just kind of learning about it. Tell them kind of the elevator pitch. What, why do you want to write this book? Yeah, well, this book was really this book was born out of some pain and some hard times. I was going on my my eighth year in the NFL, and I just signed a, a multi year, multi million dollar contract. Stuff we'll probably talk about on the podcast, yeah, that you, yeah. you know, behind the scenes. <laughs> That's right. But in all reality, like things weren't go- like I was. I was caught myself just hiding and pretending, and I wasn't really being the real me with my friends, with my family, with my teammates, with anybody. And I, I don't know if I want to call it a breakdown or a breakthrough. I just caught myself just crying in front of, I was talking to a friend at dinner the week before we reported a training camp. And I was just in tears. Like, dude, I don't know what's going on, what's happening. And I just was emotionally a wreck and all this stuff. And he said, man, well, he said, if that's how you feel right now, I'm, I, I said, I just need football to start. I just need the yeah. season to start and I'll be, okay. I'll be okay. He said, if that's how you feel now, I'm concerned what happens when football ends for you. We should make this a movie, right? We should make this into a yeah, movie. Right? Dude, I'm, I'm taking notes right now. Like, hey, speaking of good NFL TV yes, show, I yes. guess. <laughs> but and so he said, he said, he actually recommended that I started talking to a counselor, a uh, therapist, recommended I, uh, and, even, and even in the whole process too, he said, hey, maybe God's writing a book in your life mm. and you may only be on chapter two. And so we have that conversation. I go to training camp the next week. I meet with the counselor that morning that I'm going to training camp. And then so much happened that year from, from having a starting job to being released to getting injured, house flooded. I mean, everything you can imagine, yeah. right? Like it was just a crazy year, but I realized 
from what my friend told me that day and also throughout the journey, um, as, as my friend saw me crying and everything and my tears, everything, he said, hey, it's good to see you. He said, it's nice to see you, the real you. And so this book is really for anybody who's ever felt like they've ever hidden before, or they pretended or they're trying to be the real them. It's about what happens when you're you. Because I think when you're you, I think God gets the glory. I think the people around you benefit. I think the world around you thrives. That's awesome, man. Dude, I cannot wait to... I know there's... Uh, I was we were emailing before this. I know there's a copy on its way to my house right now, which I'm very excited about. Dude, I think it's so cool, man. And that's partly why I thought it'd be fun to like, you know, chop it up about like the adjacent... The, the culture adjacent to football, right? Because like from a fan's perspective... You know, we see we see players in the NFL as as superhuman, and it, a lot of times it's not like me and you've got to know each other pretty well over the years. And it's like, hey, Sam's just a dude, just like I am. You know, he just happens to be really, really good at football. You know, and so like, there's this whole culture adjacent to football, whether that's like, um, you know, merchandise, and you see kids wearing jerseys with you know, basically like a stranger's name on the back, or you know, it, it's a movie about these guys, and and we. Always have this image of not just like football players are tough, but also it's like it's easy for as from a fan to get lost in the persona of a football player and and lose the person. So for you to write a book about letting the person shine through, dude, it's so powerful, and especially because of your story and your perspective, man. Yeah, I'm so excited about it, and, that, and that, that's the biggest thing. Even when I started writing, because writing it, because a lot of people. Some of the the book agent and the publishers they read my the the man, the you know I wrote an introduction right it was a chapter or two yeah and, and they're like hey this is, who they said who wrote this like, who who wrote this this is pretty good I was like oh I just kind of did it in my free time they're like no 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 who like we love the idea we <laughs> yeah. idea who actually wrote it yeah and I was like I did I, I wrote it and they looked at me they said dude you're not a football player you're a writer yeah you know and so for me it's like that whole idea of like letting the person show and anybody who wants to learn more about the book or pre-order you can go to samachobook.com a lot of people don't know how to to spell my last name it's s-a-m-a-c-h-o book.com but yeah it's it's pretty much me taking off the mask but also allowing other people to understand what it's like to be seen and to be known and to be loved so i can't wait for people to get their hands on it. Yes, you got a copy coming your way, Jesse. I can't wait. Uh, hey, when's, you know, the, when's the official release date? October 13th. So officially releases October 13th, but you could actually pre-order it right now and you'll get the first three chapters and exclusive behind-the-scenes content and a study guide as well. So we got some cool stuff for anybody who pre-orders. Dude, everyone needs to go pre-order. Seriously, man. It, it, as as Sam is not a football player who writes. He's a writer who happens to also play football, among many other things, including, dude, I, like I said, I saw you this week. Uh, when was that? I, I saw it on your... Was that from the when you were on Coward? When when was yeah. that clip from? So I was on the herd a week or two ago, and they asked me a question. They said, "Hey, what's your surprise team? Yeah, what team? What team? You know, obviously everybody's talking about Tampa Bay and yep. New Orleans and all these things. But what is your team, underdog team that you think is going to do well?" And and my response, <laughs> which I now people may believe it, but I know when I said it, they didn't. I said the Washington football team. Well, you look like a genius now. We're recording on Monday after the Washington football team just bullied the Eagles yesterday, man. What a game. And and you called it. You knew that because, well, one, I think your take centered on one, two things, a, a sort of uh, a, a, a quarterback who's kind of had a rough start to his career, a lot of question marks, kind of, uh, you know, the organization itself with the branding, some of the problematic stuff behind the scenes. You know, he's sort of the young face of this franchise and you have a new coach. Well, he's not a new coach, but first year with the team, Ron Rivera, who's battling stage four cancer. 
And to you, those were two things that were like, hey, look, beyond the X's and O's, these guys got something to play for. And that, and that, like, so how far do you think the Washington football team are going to ride this sort of resiliency? Well, it's more than just resiliency. It's adversity. Adversity produces character. And a lot of what people don't understand and what very few people talk about is the fact that it's not about how much talent you have. It's about what you've been through that makes you great. The adversity, the fight. What are you playing for? Are you playing for a check? Are you playing for something bigger? And the Washington football team has so much to play for. They have not only not only their coach who has stage four cancer, Ron Rivera, to play for, at, who, who at halftime had to get an IV. I mean, he was like he was essentially yeah. getting treatment at halftime. But also, they have a quarterback who's not even the starter, but he was a starter named Alex Smith, who had a broken oh, yeah. leg. No one thought he'd be able to come back and 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 recover from the broken leg, and now he actually is on the active roster. And so. No one's talking about the thing behind the thing, the reason why you really play. And that's why yeah. I think the Washington football team, not only are they going to, people said, oh, maybe they'll be seven and nine. I think they're going to make the playoffs. I think they're going to be in the wild card. I think they're going to be the surprise team that no one is really expecting to do well. Yeah. Well, I, uh, I'm, I'm eager. I'm eager to watch, you know, I live in Virginia, which that's basic. We don't have a team. I like Washington is basically the team. So I have a lot of friends that are fans of the, that franchise and they were ecstatic yesterday because as, as Washington fans, you know, if you're, if you, it, the, the, the baseball team, the hockey team, they both won championships recently. So, so at least like fans of the football team are like, Oh, at least we got that going for us. But now it's like, they would trade it all. They would trade it all for a good, for if the football team was good, you know, like that just matters more. So, well, Hey, it was a prophetic take and, and we'll see how they, they shake out week two. All right. So Sam, here's how the, the show works. And for, for those listening at home, if you haven't listened before, the show is called list it. And how it works is me and my guests each make a list of our favorite thing in a certain category. And then we debate and, and, and Sam, these debates get heated. <laughs> the stakes, the stakes could not be higher. <laughs> no, just uh, and so, uh, Sam and I are going to talk about uh, a football, TV, and movies, and we're each going to give our top six. And this, like we we're saying before we started recording, we're just talking through. Like, there are so many shows, even like on Netflix now. You have like QB One, you have Last Chance You. Uh, you know, uh, there's on HBO, there's ballers, there's hard, and that's not even the movies. It seems like there's six football movies a year, you know? Yes. And, and, and so, but as an, I got, so I, part of the reason I wanted to talk to you too, is because you're going to have a unique perspective as someone who's actual player, as a player, how often do you have any desire to watch football content when you're not playing? It's, it's usually pretty minimal if I'm being honest, because a lot of the shows that we, that you see on TV or you watch that, like this is not real. This doesn't happen. Yeah. Now, now, some of the show, like one of the shows on my list, yeah. That if people probably won't even realize, they won't. They're not going to think it's the show. But I was like, I'm never going to watch the show. It's not real. Yeah. And I watched it. And I was like, oh wow, half that stuff actually does happen. Right. And I've been in. Some I'm scenarios. intrigued. I'm intrigued. Yes. Yeah. Okay. So, uh, so, I, but most times I'm like, eh, I, I live it. I don't need to watch it. Yeah. All right. All right. Fair enough. Fair enough. Okay. So we're each going to do six, uh, Sam. So you'll go through six uh, we'll, and, and through one. We'll talk about each. And if I have one that crosses over, I'll jump in there on mine too. All right, Sam. So let's start off number six, your sixth favorite uh, football TV show or movie. Awesome. So my top six, you want to hear all six or you want to hear one Yeah, we'll time? start. We'll start with number six and unpack that. All right. Number six, Ballers. Ballers, HBO, The Rock, Russell Brand. Yes, yes. And Ballers is that show where I said, I'm not, people were talking about Ballers and The Rock and the show. 
I'm like, guys, this isn't real. This stuff doesn't happen. Come on. Yeah. Like, it's not like this superstar lifestyle. It's not private jets and women hanging everywhere. It's not that. And I watched the show and I was like, oh, wow, they're pretty accurate okay. on this stuff. Like, and, and, and not all of it, but, yeah. but there's a certain percentage. So, yeah. for example, I remember in 2012 or 20, uh, 2011, my first year playing on the, in the NFL, I had no idea what to expect. But all I know is this. I pulled up into the parking lot of Arizona Cardinals and I thought I was at a car show. It was, I mean, Porsches, Bentley. Yeah. Mind you, the team was horrible. The team was like, we were like three and 13 and four and five. <laughs> but I mean, if you, I was like, okay, this is like, there were brands I didn't even recognize. Like, yeah. all these, you know, foreign cars and the whole deal. Then we have this one guy. I'm not, not going to say his name so I don't want to call him out. But we did have a one guy who I feel like he, he wanted to be on Ballers. Like, this dude had you know, was friends with Channing Tatum and, yeah. or, or maybe he had enough money to pay Channing Tatum to come and show up to a practice. So maybe he acted like he was his friend <laughs> yeah. and this guy, and he had like the whole private jet thing and the whole, like, yeah, we, but the, the problem was, I didn't know if it was real or, or if it was fake. Yeah. Cause I, we would get calls. I got, I remember getting a call from somebody who maybe it was Kanye West. Maybe it wasn't what? like, it was the, it was the weirdest thing. Cause this guy was like a kind of a weird guy. But he was like showing pictures of him and these famous people, and it was like he was. It was just weird. It was. It was weird. Okay, all right. You, can you, you just ex- want to expa- expound on? <laughs> I don't want you to give away who it is, but I am very curious. We just say, was he offense or defense? He played on the. He played defense. He played okay. defense. And okay. not, uh, nobody's gonna guess. I don't think anybody's gonna guess it. But I mean, it was this thing where people were getting text messages. From people say it was it was also like around right around that catfish time. Let me just full yeah. disclaimer. Yeah. But it was like, hey, this is Zoe Saldana, you know, and yeah. she wants to talk to you and she wants to, you know, uh, you know, hang out or whatever, yeah. you know. And and I'm like, is this really you or is this like what's the dude? What's the girl from uh, Megan Fox? Or was it Megan the yeah. girl from uh uh it wasn't Megan Fox, but it was like it was uh, Zoe Saldana and somebody else. Yeah. So it was like, yeah, you know, they, they you know they know we're friends. They saw your picture, da, 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 and I'm like, "Is this Hollywood or is this is this Hollywood?" You know? Yeah, yeah. And so it was the most, it was the weirdest, most distracting, most interesting. And I still think a lot of that was catfish. Yeah, but I'm like, this can't really be. You can't be friends with all these people, and yeah. they can't really be calling little old me. You know. And so, yeah. anyways, but but all that to say that. I could have been on an episode of Ballers, and yeah. yes, all of it is real. <laughs> so, for people who haven't seen it, Ballers, the HBO series about a sports agent that sh- sh- sort of shows the off the field business side of of the NFL. Uh, stars The Rock, Russell Brand is in it. Uh, John David Washington, who's fantastic, who's uh, he's the son, he's Denzel Washington's son, and he's actually in Tenet right now. It's in theaters. A great show, and he was at you know John David Washington. He was a prospect, I think, with the Rams for a while. Mm, yeah, I don't. I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, but now when I watch Ballers, you're gonna be like, so th- Sam said this is how it really is. Like diamond <laughs> jet skis. That's. <laughs> that's I'm telling you, dude. Private I, jets everywhere. Like bottles on bottles. I mean, it was like everything. Dude, it, it just being a dude, you know, and, and and you know, people who who know you, it, Sam is one of the the not just the best dudes in the in the in the league, but Sam is just one of the best dudes. Period. The integritous guy, your family man, dude. How hard is it being surrounded by that baller lifestyle? Being just like a young dude too, you know? Oh, it was it was impossible, and it was not impossible. It was very difficult, and the reason why is that. I mean, every turn there was an opportunity, whether it was like with with women or with money or with um, 
just like an opportunity to do something. Yeah. And it's almost like you wanted it. Hey, well, shoot, my teammates are doing it. Why, why don't I join as well? But it was also very distracting because your job is on the line. So if you don't yeah. play well, you can get cut. You can get traded. All these things can happen. And so it's like, yeah, let's go to this party or that party. But it's like, what about, what about practice guys? What about yeah. the guy who's like, <laughs> uh, I we got to have a game like a late room. Yeah. <laughs> well, and I didn't even think about the, the, because ballers, it shows like the, this glamorous sort of lifestyle and all the trappings of it. But like, I didn't even think you mentioned like the catfish thing, like, Oh, this could yes. be a slur because athletes, especially for some reason, you know, it seems like guys in the fo- in football, since that whole debacle with like Matt Titeo, where, yes. you know, these kind of pranksters basically made him believe he was falling in love with this girl who didn't exist. And then they ended up saying she died in a car accident. And he was like, he was telling the story, like, you know, as this, the adversity that he had faced that, Hey, his girlfriend died. And that's what motivated him to play so well. It turned out she didn't exist. <laughs> I can't imagine the pressures of like every relationship and everything that you have to probably run it through a filter. Is like, is this somebody, is this legit happening or is this someone messing with me because I'm like a target, you know? Yeah. And that's what happened for me with that, with my teammate back in the day when he was, I felt like he was trying to be on ballers because he was, so yes, Channing Tatum did show up to practice. Yeah. Right. But in all, in my, like, hey, Channing, show, I need, I, here's $100,000 for an appearance, right? You yeah. can have somebody show, yeah. and act like you're my friend. Yeah. Right. But then it was like, I, I'm very confident people were trying to catfish. And we were getting calls, like I said, from Zoya Saldana. And I think it was like Megan Fox and people who were, you know, it was like, you know, Kanye. I'm like, you can't be friends with all these people. Yeah. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And so, anyways, I, I'm confident it was catfish. And I was like, you know, it was this thing. It was like, hey, well, hey, send me a, a picture of where you're at right now. And, uh, yeah. and so, and so, but then it was like, they said, oh, yeah, this, they sent, they sent over a picture. It was a picture I found on the internet. Like, uh, I mean, <laughs> yeah. like, I was like, I've seen, I could do that, you know? And so, so yeah. Yeah. All right. So, so ballers gets it right is what you're saying is, is all right. And that, and that makes it, that puts it at number six on your list. Um, okay. Number five on your list of, of favorite. And this one, uh, like we kept some surprise, but this one, I'm going to let it pass. It's a little bit of a stretch, but I love this show so much that I think it totally works. So number five for me is around the show called around the horn. It, I don't even, I don't even know if it's on anymore, but for me, I like that show. Because it is, for those who don't know, it's a sports debate show. You got four people yeah. who debate a topic and they, there's a judge and they get points based on the, the topics they say that are right or wrong. The reason I like that show is not just for the debate purposes, but the fact that they come back at the end and you would like fact check everything everyone said. Right now yeah. on social media and even in general, people say so much outlandish stuff. Yeah. And so for me, I'd be riding with the dude, but then you get docked four points. I'm like, come yeah. on, you got to come. So that was that's just like for me, a sports talk show that 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 you almost had to come correct. You had to come yeah. with your facts, come with your stats and come with your opinion. And I, I loved it. I loved it. Yeah. And they, you know, they, that's another show they do a really great job with like a diverse, uh, uh, panel, you know, like yes. Uh, yes. they're all sports writers, but not just like racially diverse. It's like a wide range of ages and cities and perspectives. Right. It turns out to, each show and it's somewhat self-aware like it doesn't take itself too seriously like it's not i'm not throwing shade at, at like skip bayless or sometimes or, or like uh uh you know some of those cats but you're like dude calm down it's not that serious you know right, what I'm saying? right where right. we're on around the horn it's like they're kind of having fun with it you know yes yes and, and, and they do talk about all sports but they really shine during football season you know that yeah. is where that's where all great debate shows shine is nfl <laughs> football season okay yes so, so you got ballers uh, at six around the horn number five sam what is your your number four favorite uh football tv show or movie 
so my number four favorite football TV show or movie, and this one would have been higher if the main character in real life would have said that he actually said, <laughs> said that it was real. Because this guy came out and said, it wasn't real, it wasn't factual. <laughs> yeah. But but my number four is, is a movie called The Blind Side. Yeah, with, with Sandra Bullock. And it yes. tells purportedly tells the true story of Michael Orr, who yes. was a, a kind of, I guess, in the film at least, a troubled young athlete that that came from uh you know uh you know an impoverished background who gets brought in by like an upscale you know a, a well-to-do family i think in the movie they're like in the fast food business they own a bunch of like taco bell franchises or something yeah. and and ends up you know bringing him in get him on the football team and he goes on to become an nfl star a great movie but Michael Lord, you, you said it didn't happen. Yeah, so I loved the movie, right? It was like pulling out your heartstrings. And I mean, it's like this like rags to riches kind of movie. What a nice family. They took him in and he became this great football star and I actually got a chance to play. I was in the NFL when Michael Orr was in the NFL. So yeah. it was like, I was like, oh man, like I wanted to ask him, was it real? Was it real? And he actually, <laughs> you know, it's like, dude, we're playing a game. So chill out. Yeah. But, but he actually went out and said a lot of it wasn't factual and wasn't yeah. accurate. There maybe he wasn't portrayed. And I could, I get it. Yeah. If you, if you have a movie made off, made, made off of your story and maybe some of it's not accurate, maybe it just, they may be embellished some of it. And so out of respect for Michael, I got that one at four. I don't have it any higher, but I, I liked it. It's for me, it was just, obviously it's called the blind side. He was, offensive lineman protecting the quarterback's blind side and so yeah. once nfl high draft pick made a ton of money but it was just this really cool story of this guy who didn't even know he was good at football and went on and became a beast all right let's let's hear a quick clip of that movie do you remember when we first met and we went to that horrible part of town to buy you those dreadful clothes and i was a little bit scared and you told me not to worry about it because you had my back do you remember that yes ma'am. and if anyone tried to get to me you would have stopped them right and when you and SJ were in that car wreck, what did you do to the airbag? Stopped it. You stopped it. You stopped it. This team is your family, Michael. You have to protect them from those guys, okay? Listen. Okay. Tony, here's your quarterback, all right? You protect his blind side. When you look at him, you think of me, how you have my back, how you have his. Now, when you go into a sports movie, I I, I have like, I have a kind of a conflicted relationship with sports movies because when I watch sports, sports are fun, you know, but I also feel like there's a lot of sports movies that are good, but they're not any fun. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, it's yeah. like if I'm going to like, if I'm going to go play football, like just, just out in the, out in the cul-de-sac with, with my, you know, with the kids and yeah. the dad, just hucking it around. The last yeah. thing I think it does the big social implications of this, you know what I mean? It's just like, <laughs> I'm just making up weird routes, you know, and just go deep, go deep, spread them wide, four wide, just go. Yes. And, and then it is like, you watch a movie like Rudy or something. And it's like, this is like doing homework. You know, like, <laughs> so when you go into your sports movies, do you kind of like the, the zany like stuff and like the Adam Sandler, Caddyshack, Will Ferrell had a bunch of, you know, he had like Talladega Nights and the, the basketball movie, or do you like the kind of more inspirational stuff? I like the more inspirational stuff and the stuff that seems more realistic. I, that, yeah. So the movie, the, the, the ones that I like, cause I, I think anybody, you can be amused by anything, but any, for me, like, that's why. Um, that's why if I can transition to my number three, yeah, well, I like yeah, my number yeah, three so much. That's why it. I like number three is Hard Knocks. Mm. I love Hard Knocks. And Hard Knocks really could be a lot higher on this list, but I love Hard Knocks. I rarely watch Hard Knocks. Yeah. Here's why. I live Hard Knocks. <laughs> <laughs> I've been living the last nine years in the NFL. I've been living Hard Knocks. And so the little I've got a chance to watch, I'm like, man, this show is, it's because that it doesn't get more real than that. 
it doesn't get more real than Hard Knocks is a show that essentially they have they 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 follow a team or two during training camp when guys are trying to make the team or guys are yeah. getting cut or guys don't know what their future is going to look like and they go in not only to the players' lives but to the coaches and hear what the coaches, the general managers, the scouts are all saying. And I love that sports show because it's real. Yeah. So it, on a scale of of fake being zero and real being a hundred, yeah. so like ballers would be like a a, a three. Right, okay, as far as like okay. it's not that real, but there are there yeah. are the three percent is real, right? Like that yeah. though, maybe it's a catfish. Yeah, but Hard Knocks is a hundred. It's it's all real all the time, and so I love the way they tell the stories. I love the way that some players can become famous from Hard Knocks. Uh, so yes, yes, it's true, man. And so Hard Knocks is actually number six on my list. So so okay. this is one that we have a crossover. And you know, I grew I grew up like just in the afternoons when you're like flipping through the channels, and you you go on like a random sports channel when there's no. It was either if you're watching ESPN in the afternoon as a kid, it was either World's Strongest Man competition was on, <laughs> <laughs> or, or which was great. Just these like yes. weird weird Norwegian guys like just carrying <laughs> like things that you would never encounter in real life, like. Here's a 700 pound ball of concrete that you have to lift onto a pedestal, like for sport. You know, every guy's name in there was like Magnus, like yes. oh, Magnus from you know some Nordic country. So it was either you're watching World's Strongest Man, and you know what I'm talking about. It's just your yes. teenager, just in the afternoon. They're pulling cars, the whole yeah. deal. <laughs> or it was something from the NFL Films catalog, which yeah. NFL Films. You know, I, as much as I love NFL, like NFL films are are just incredible. It's like the next level. Yeah, they they make so they've been do they've been making movies for probably 50, 60 years now. But they do such a good job at at create at telling stories and not just showing the drama on the field, but drama off. There's nothing like the NFL like narration. Day two of the practice facility. You know what I mean? And like yes. you're like I'm settling right into this good story, and they have epic music. But Hard Knocks. So each each year they they pick a different team to focus on, and you get to learn the personalities of people on the team. And it, and but most of the drama isn't coming from the preseason games, which are which they they kind of edit in. It's are these guys going to make the roster at the end of it? And you have to watch as these guys get cut on camera and their whole dream just evaporates in real life. Sam, having gone, you know, for spent a decade in NFL training camps and preseasons, what is that anxiety like? Is it like it shows on Hard Knocks? Just real oh, it's, tension? It's, 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 it's more. It's, it's, it's exactly what you see on Hard Knocks. You get close to a lot of them. And again... You know, you're taking a little bit of their dream away from him. It's going to be a bad day when I have to sit in there and tell people uh, that they're not going to be members of the Dallas Cowboys. NFL coaches have been cutting players since the days of George Hallis. And the speech never changes. Uh, I know this is a tough day for you. This business sometimes is a little bit like musical chairs. We think an awful lot of you. Hopefully you try to keep it as personal as possible. Just keep working. But it's difficult to do that when you're doing them one right after the other. Mitch, thank you very much. Okay, and good luck to you, all right? Good to see you. In Dallas, each player released meets with both Dave Campo and Jerry Jones. I don't know what Jerry says. It's a personal thing with him, and it's a personal thing with me, and I, we try to keep it that way. Candidly, uh, when I got in the National Football League, uh, he's the kind of person that I said I'd like to spend my years with right, running around here. I'm dead serious. Well, and you so uh, you just keep being the way you are and good things will happen for you, I believe. I remember in 2013, 
my third year in the NFL, my third year with the Cardinals, my first year under new coach, Bruce Arians. Yeah. And I remember we had a new coach and it was, it was this mass exodus. About half the team had been, was relieved of their duties yeah. as he came in. He was bringing in his own guys. 90% of the coaching staff was gone. He brought in his own coaching staff. And I was one of the few guys that remained. And I remember just trying to go and show my stuff and doing the whole deal. And there was one guy, I'm looking at his, I can see his face. I'm forgetting his name right now. He does real estate or he does like financial advising right now. But one of my teammates, he was just stressed out. I'm like, man, what's going on? He's like, I don't know, man. I just don't have a good feeling. I feel like I'm going to get cut and I just don't feel good. And I was like, dude, you're going to be fine. Like, don't even worry about it. Just, just chill. Like you'll yeah. be fine. And he's like, man, and, but he's like, I just don't know. I was like, dude, don't worry about it, man. Come on, let's go. I find, let's go. I practice. Like, let's, 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 let's kind of cheer up. It's like, I got you. I got you. So we go to practice. And as we're on our way to practice, he gets called into a coach's office. Oh, no. And I didn't know, you know, people get, they don't get caught in all the time. But it was one of those things where it was like, okay, like I had to go to practice. And he was going to the coach's office. Yeah. And then like, as we're on the way, I kind of slip, I kind of, you know, slip, take like a bathroom break. Right. So I kind of yeah. wait to see what happens. Yeah. I don't see him leave, but I see the head coach as, as, as he walks into the bathroom and he was like, man, this is, this is the toughest job. And I'm like, oh, what are you talking about? He's like, man, cutting people, man. I hate it. It's one of the hardest things to do. You know, bad day for me. Yeah. You know, and I'm like, oh crap, this dude, you just, and I go oh. out and I see like on the waiver wire, my friend who I just, oh, oh, no. you know, so it's real. Yeah. It's, and even for me, like I remember another, another time walking in one guy, what happened? It was the last preseason game. And I was supposed to play, but I had an injury the game before, so I yeah. didn't play. And one of my teammates played instead. And he played, I guess he didn't play so well, and he ended up getting cut. I didn't know he got cut until he walked into the training room the day we were all waiting. And he said, he said, hey, thanks a lot. I'm like, what do you mean? He said, you're the reason I got cut. What? I'm like, what are you, what are you talking about? He said, it, it, I said, how do you even know? He's, he said, my agent just called me. And I, I wasn't even supposed to play in that game because you got hurt. I had to go play. And then they released me. So thanks a lot, Sam. <laughs> like, oh, you know, He's like, well, and, maybe if he would have played better. <laughs> yeah, right, yeah. right. And, 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 and I mean, there were t- and those are stories of other people, but there were times where I got released as well. And it was, yeah. you know, I remember being in Buffalo and, and getting released from the Bills and just being at the bottom of the roster and everybody's hanging out, laughing and joking. And they're doing yeah. their introductions each day. Coach will call on a different guy to tell their story or whatever. Yeah. And I remember never, get, never getting called on. I'm like, oh, probably, I'm probably not going to read this oh, this year. You know? And so, so yeah, it's real. So Hard Knocks, Hard Knocks really could, be, could move up my list. But yeah. that's, that's why I got it at three. There's a famous clip that floats around Twitter every once in a while. And I can't remember the player, but he's walking. You know, they're filming him going up to the facility. I think, it's for, I think it was one of the Jets seasons. And he like uses his card to try to open the door and, the, and it, won't, it won't work. And he like goes back and, he, and he's like, oh, that's weird. And he does it like two or three times. And each time you see his face like grow more and more concerned, it's like, Oh, uh, and the last one, he's like, are you serious? Oh man, this is how I find out. They just locked me yes. out, you know? Dude, dude, that same year we had that new coach in 2013. So me, so me and a couple other draft picks from the year was before we had stayed on the team and we were doing a golf outing or something, right? It was like in off season, not even, yeah. not even training camp, just off season. We had this golf outing and everybody had these, these letters taped to their locker saying, Hey, show up at this time at this yeah. place for the golf outing and we'll see you there. And Everybody but this one guy oh, named, Anthony, no. named Anthony Sherman, who we got drafted together. And Sherman's like, hold on a second. What is this? <laughs> oh, no. And I was like, sure. I was like, sure. They, there's no way. Like, you got, we got drafted the same year. They're not going to yeah. cut you. Come on, dude. Like, yeah. He's like, I don't know, Sam. I'm like, sure. Come on, chill. 
Well, come to find out two hours later, he had been traded to the oh, Kansas City Chiefs. Okay. He got traded for, so anyways, he got traded for yeah. a guy named Javier Arenas. So anyways, though he wasn't, but it was like, people find out that they're going to be cut or at least in the most interesting, sometimes disheartening ways. And so yeah. that's why Hard Knocks is my number three. Yeah. All right. So, so we got ballers around the horn, the blind side and Hard Knocks. Sam, what is your number two pick? My number two pick is a pick that a lot of people may not remember. It's a pick back from the early 2000s, back when I was in high school, back when yeah. I was going through my deal. I'm from Dallas, Texas. It was a show called Friday Night Lights. Yes, yes. And not the recent one. There's a newer Friday Night Lights that I think people are watching nowadays. This one was a show about high school football players in Texas. And I know the newer one may be the same. I haven't watched that one. But the interesting thing about that was I was a high school football player in Texas. Yeah. But the, but the funny thing was, almost like ballers, like I wasn't living this outlandish lifestyle. <laughs> yeah. Like, I eat, sleep, and breathe football. I got to yeah. do it no matter what. Wow, well, Dylan. Like, yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know, like, like Kilgore, you know, East Texas, yeah. all the whole stuff. I was, um, I was just like, hey guys, I'm just happy to be here. <laughs> you know, I went to like a private school, all boys, college yeah. prep school. So that went to, so, so, but I love that movie because it just showed, I think it just showed the world like, hey, football yeah. in Texas is a whole different animal. Yeah. Of that TV show. Yeah. That's actually my number one, Sam, is Friday Night oh, really? I just feel, well, I feel like it's aged really well. It also launched the career. I've gone back and revisited some. It launched the careers of like some pretty serious talent. So, uh, Michael B. Jordan, who yep. now is everywhere. He was yeah. on Friday Night Lights back in the day. Jesse wow. Plemons, who, who's everywhere. Uh, Minka Kelly. And, and two, like I, a lot of the stuff on my list, like, it's it, like that movie showed what football is to some communities. Like I went to college in Tulsa, Oklahoma, and they had this game between two rival high schools called Jinx and Union. It was the Jinx Union game. And you would have thought, dude, it, it was like a Super Bowl atmosphere. The whole city. Well, and, and the stadiums, you know, I grew up on the East Coast and, and people play college, uh, you know, high school football. It wasn't until I went to Tulsa, uh, to Oklahoma, Texas, that part of the country, we were like, dude, these stadiums are, are bigger. Than they're college bigger stadiums. than college stadiums. They're bigger than NFL stadiums, a lot yeah. of them. Dude, the Super Bowl was in Dallas a couple of years ago. The, the two Super Bowl teams, they practice at high school stadiums in Dallas, in yeah. the South Lake area, whatever. And those stadiums are better than their practice facilities. It, it, NFL facilities. It, 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 the show does not exaggerate how important, what a part of life football is in some parts of the country, you know, but it's also just a great show. Like football, the, the, I feel like they actually capture the football pretty well. You know, yeah. like when you watch yeah. like, you know, there's a high school game under literally under the lights, but they yes. also, but it's just a great show about family relationships and pressure. Know, yeah. And yeah. about pressure too. Especially yeah. these 15, 16 year olds, the starting quarterback, you better win the game, man. If you don't, you know what's going to happen, you know, and it's like the pressure scholarships that I love that. I love that. I love that show. All right, Sam, tell you what, let's hear a clip. When Jason Street went down first game of the season, everybody wrote us off. Everybody. And yet here we are at the championship game. 40,000 people out there have also written us off. There are a few out there who do still believe in you. Few'll never give up on you. You go back out on the field, those are the people I want in your minds. Those are the people I want in your hearts. Every man at some point in his life is going to lose a battle. He's going to fight and he's going to lose. 
But what makes him a man is that in the midst of that battle, he does not lose himself. This game is not over. This battle is not over. So let's hear it one more time. Together. Clear eyes, full hearts. Let's go! Yeah, clear eyes, full heart. Yeah, can't lose. Can't, can't lose. lose. Can't lose. <laughs> all right. All right. Uh, so Friday Night Lights number two. That was actually my number one. All right, Sam, your number one favorite uh, football movie or TV show. My number one favorite football movie or TV show. And you'll remember this quote. I want them to remember forever <laughs> the night that they played the Titans. Remember the <laughs> Titans is my number one. Not just because of Denzel. I think because of sunshine <laughs> and Bertier and just like I just hey that when you show, uh-huh. when you see Trevor Lawrence just is every yes. time you see Trevor Lawrence like sunshine there he is. yeah we had we had a quarterback in college named Trevor Walker and okay. I thought every name was Trevor you got blonde hair you got him back gonna be sunshine but um but and we called him we called him sunshine like yeah. it was just this deal where remember the Titans. It's it's a it's a football movie. It's a family movie. It's a cultural movie. It's a and it, and Denzel obviously. Um, it that movie for me that one hit home. And I, I remember yeah. watching it back when I, I don't know if I was I might have been playing in high school or whatever I was playing in, but maybe even before then. But it just for me spoke to the power of unity. Yeah, that's what that movie spoke to me. So that's why that's my number one. I, I feel like that's a movie in twenty twenty that. It, it, it's worth a lot of people revisiting, you know, yeah. because, uh, you know, it's based on a true story, but ultimately it's, you know, Denzel Washington's character. Not only does he have to navigate all of the craziness of high school football, but he's also doing it in a town where that's, you know, the people in power are racist and yeah. he's, he's, you know, uh, uh, I think he's the, the, the first like black head coach of the team. And, you know, he has to navigate all these crazy, uh, you know, social circumstances, in addition to being the football coach. But like you said, its message of unity seems especially precedent in, in 2020, you know, that, that, that message of kind of racial, plus Denzel, come on now, you know, like how can you not be inspired by Denzel, you know? So, okay. Good list. And like I said, we have two crossovers. Number six on mine was hard knocks. Number one is Friday Night Lights. So I'll jump to number four, number five. And I got two corny picks at four and f- at, at, at five and four, but I'm just going to do it because that's what. So my number five, and a lot of people are going to hate on this, and I don't care. It was a movie that came out when we were kids. It was called Little Giants. Do you remember okay. Little Giants? I do. I do. It was Rick Moranis. Uh, he was a comic genius. And, and Ed O'Neill. And it's, there was a movie a couple of years ago with Will Ferrell called Kicking and Screaming where he played like a, a, a crazy you know, soccer coach dad. It's the same plot. Like, you know, in, in Kicking and Screaming, it was Will Ferrell and Ed Duvall, his father. And he had to prove he can, his peewee team could beat his father's peewee team. So in, in Little Giants, Rick Moranis is like the sad sack loser, you know, <laughs> and he's got a cool older brother who's played by Ed O'Neill, who's like the grandfather of Modern Family. And long story short, Rick Moranis' team is the Giants. And they have all the like cast off kids in town. You know, Ed <laughs> yeah. O'Neill coaches the big bad 
Cowboys and yeah. they're going to play a peewee football game. And for some insane reasons, this was not integral to the plot. They decide that they're going to bet both of their businesses, like a car dealership and a gas station online. The stakes are pretty high for these kids. It's a corny <laughs> movie. It's a corny kids movie. But I will say this. There is a play in the movie that, that the whole game comes down to a final play. And that play is called the annexation of Puerto Rico. <laughs> yes, Do you remember that? Yes, I remember that. I remember that. No. <laughs> the dude with the glasses, a little like, yeah. scrawny kid. He right, drew guys. it up. It, it yes. was great. I rewatched that scene this morning. That scene with a little kid drawing up this incredible play. John Madden is in the scene with him. Like, giving yeah, all oh, Yeah, John, literally, John Madden's in there. The, the play is totally illegal, but it doesn't matter. It doesn't it's a, matter. It's like a version of like the fumble ruski where the yeah. quarterback basically sets the ball on the ground. Right. Everybody runs around. Yeah. 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 And, yeah. and so the defense just doesn't know who, who has, has the ball. And, and they run this 99 yards for a touchdown, including it's like three laterals too along the way. <laughs> I'm telling you, Sam, did you play, I mean, like backyard football a lot growing oh, up? Of course. Of course. It was always like, it wasn't about football. It was about getting in the dirt with your buddies and drawing up the most complicated play ever. You know what I mean? <laughs> and that, that movie captured the magic of what it's like. It's like, okay, bootleg around here. Turn, look, fake. And when you're playing football, it's like backyard football. It was always one Mississippi. There was no pass rush. It was like, right. if, look. I got five Mississippi in my neighborhood. So you <laughs> yeah. had all day in the pocket, just scanning, yeah. you know? Yes, and and yes. I feel like that movie captured what was so fun about playing football as a little kid, you know? Wait a second, guys. Whoever said you had to be good to play football? You play football because you want to. You play football because it's fun. You play football so you can go out there and pretend that you're Joe Montana throwing a touchdown pass or Emmett Smith going for a long run. And even if those Cowboys are better than you guys, even if they beat you 99 times out of 100, that still leaves. One time. One time. Yeah. One time. Yeah, that movie, I like that movie just because I don't think any of the other movies we talked about have to deal with like little kids playing yeah. football and like just like you said, rolling around in the, in the dirt. But just for me, and I haven't watched it in years, but I just remember the pressure, feeling yeah. the, the pressure that these kids felt. And not even a pressure, like a real pressure, but it's like, I remember one of the, like, he's like a, a bigger kid. He's like, he just wanted to eat all the time. He was yeah, like, yeah, yeah. It's like, can we just, I don't want to eat. I don't want to, you know, I don't care about this game. Yeah. But it was like so much was on the line. The kids were like, doo, 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 you know, so. Yeah. And that was like a golden era for like kids sports movies. We, if, especially they had the rookie of the year in baseball. Yeah. Remember where the kid broke yeah. his arm and he could throw really fast. Angels in the outfield. Like Angels in was, the outfield was a movie now. Oh, that was dude. a movie, man. Yeah. I love I love too that I think they just came up with the idea for the name and they're like, wait, so we'll put literal angels onto the baseball field for the angels. They're like, that's that was like that was what made movies back then so fun, is because all you needed was a gimmick. You know what I yes. mean? Like the kid yes. breaks his arm and throw hundred miles an hour. Or remember, remember uh Little Big League where the kid inherits a baseball team. And then uh, installs himself as the manager of like the New York Mets. It's perfect. That's awesome. You know? Yes. All right. So I got I got little giants at five. Number four. This <laughs> this is my corniest one, but I love '90s sitcoms. Like just like cheesy. You know, like remember Perfect Strangers? Like all the TGIF shows. I was I was yeah. a big TG. Were you? Did you live in a TGIF house? I didn't live in a TGIF house. Uh, I didn't. I didn't. 
So when I was growing up, it was like order pizza and watching Family Matters. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, yeah. I just loved it. I love cheesy '90s sitcoms. So my my number four uh, pick is the the '90s sitcom Coach, starring Craig T. Nelson, and he plays he plays a, a, a college football coach. But uh, Jerry Van Dyke, Dick Van Dyke's brother, plays one of the assistant coach, and he is exactly like a Lou Holtz or Lee Corso, kind of one of those like screwbally old guys that like <laughs> are really good like at drawing up crazy offensive scheme, but are just weirdos like outside, yeah. you know. But yes. it, it was like the corniest show ever. But again, like my, the reason I liked it was because it followed the '90s formula, which was you either have a workplace a kooky household or a group of hip friends. And then just some gimmick like, you know, like major dad, but wait, he's an emotionally distant military father or like coach. He's the coach of the football team or like a small wonder, but the daughter's a robot. You know what I mean? Like (laughs) all you needed was one gimmick, but coach, it rained for like 10 years too. I had a good one. So good old Craig T. Nelson. All right. Number three, number three. Okay, Sam, before I get to number three, we talked about this before. You're not really a big fantasy football guy, right? I'm not. I'm not. Have you, have yeah. you ever played? I've, play, I've never played fantasy football. I've played fantasy baseball, and I, and I, and I loved it for whatever reason. I, yeah. I think I was horrible at baseball, so I never played baseball. But for me, fantasy baseball worked. Fantasy basketball for a year or two. But never did fantasy football, and I still don't. Like, I know some people love it, yeah. but for me, I don't, I'm not a fantasy football guy at all. Is it because you because it's too real? Like, is it, is it like it's not because it's not real at all, in my opinion? Okay, because it has nothing to do with actual winning and losing. Like, if you actually yeah. really want to go win a real game, like people will be upset at a at a guy. You might win a game that takes you to the playoffs. Yet somebody's upset that you dropped a touchdown, you know, because they didn't get the fantasy points <laughs> yeah. to win their league. Yeah. So for me, it just gives people another reason to be mad at players. It doesn't have to do anything <laughs> with, you know what I mean? Like yeah. with, with their actual performance, right? Or the performance of the team. That's why yeah. I don't like fantasy football. Uh, the, the maddest I've ever seen anyone, this was years ago, and it was Maurice Jones-Drew when he was the, the running back for uh, in Jacksonville. Yeah, Jack Del, and, and, and Jack Del Rio was the coach at the time. And the game was coming down to the end, and uh, they were only down by two. Uh, but there, the, 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 the clock situation, Jack Del Rio told Maurice Jones-Drew, if you hit the hole, instead of going into the end zone, take a knee at the goal line. Yeah. That way we can run the clock off and just punch, you know, punch the, the, the field goal and win. win. Yeah. When he took that knee on the goal line, mm. I was with someone who owned Maurice Jones-Drew in the fantasy league. Are you kidding me? You never take <laughs> points off the board. You never take points off the board. It was, it does, if the, fantasy football elicits insane reactions to people, even more so than I feel like fantasy baseball or basketball. That's why my number three is a show called The League, which it, uh, it ran for, I think, seven seasons on FX. And it was about a fantasy football league and just what horrible dirtbags were in that league. Because <laughs> that's part of the fun of fantasy football. It brings out the worst in humans. <laughs> like, like, and your friend, these, you can have like your best friend, like you can have like your brother or your dad in a league. Y'all become enemies over fantasy. It, you you'll text the meanest stuff you've ever typed to somebody like yeah. I, how dare you turn down that trade you you're, yes. you know like, <laughs> I I had a in the league is a show I'm a, I almost lost some friendships over fantasy baseball no did you? we had a we had some friends it was in high school we had some fr- a group of friends who did it and then also one of our coaches like a an assistant and JV basketball coach something like that 
And I, I still lost a lot of respect for this coach because <laughs> some of the, like the dirty, shiesty traits he would oh, offer, yeah. take advantage of people, take advantage of people. The new, yeah. the new guy in the league gets like yes. you know, one balloon. Yes, or somebody who's leaving the league, they trade away. I remember, I don't know who it was, who traded away like a Rod in his prime to this guy. I'm like, dude, you can't just because he knew the guy was gonna. He's like, I don't yeah. care anymore. And so it wasn't. Yeah. So anyways. Yeah, so the the league stars Mark Duplass, Nick Kroll, uh, Jason Manzukis in it. It, 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 and they're all terrible people. But that's what makes it so fun. Like I had a fantasy draft uh, this past uh, Labor Day weekend, and I had it in my backyard, socially distanced. And my son, who is seven, came out and just to kind of see what it was all about. And the next day, I was like, "No, what'd you think?" He's like, "Is it just guys making fun of each other? Is that what fantasy football is?" Because <laughs> it was literally just a bunch of those nerds on laptops yelling at each other. Now you're back. Let me ask you a quick question. It's week five, right? Russell is on fire, mm-hmm. coming up against me, and I got some choices to make. Check it out, right? I got Monty Ball, Stephen Jackson, Trent Richardson, and Zach Stacy, and I'm just trying to figure out: should I be playing like three running backs, or should I put like a wide receiver in my flex? I don't know. Here's what I would say: you got Denver versus the Cardinals. Monty Ball's good for at least one. Okay. Philly versus the Rams. I would go with Zach Stacy. Now, conventional wisdom says you want to play a running back at your flex position, but I think that Golden Tate is going to light up the Buffalo Bills defense. Oh, I didn't even think about playing Golden Tate. Golden Tate, still my favorite cereal. This is awesome. Thank you so much for this. Andre, it's my pleasure. You're like my personal charity, except your disease is your horrible fashion sense. So, the, the lead captures that. All right. My number two, and we've already covered my, my number one, which is Friday Night Lights. So, for my, my final pick, it's a movie that came out 2013. Uh, Sam, did you see Silver Linings Playbook? I didn't. I didn't see it. it it's it's on Netflix now. It's an interesting movie. Uh, stars Bradley Cooper and Jennifer Lawrence, um, and it's from David O. Russell, who wrote and directed it. But essentially, Bradley Cooper uh, is discharged from uh, like a mental hospital, and the the show does a really good job at at kind of unpacking some ideas about mental health. But his father, who's played by Robert De Niro, is like a degenerate. Uh, gambler, but mm-hmm. he only bets on the Philadelphia Eagles and is convinced that if his son Bradley Cooper is around, that it's like his good luck charm and the Eagles will win. It's kind of a weird kind of plot line, but they, the family has to get together every Sunday to watch the Eagles play. Sam, let's hear a quick clip. The first night that Pat and I met at my sister's, the Eagles beat the 49ers handily 40 to 26. The second time we got together, we went for a run, and the Phillies beat the Dodgers 7-5 in the NLCS. She's right, Dad. The next time we went for a run, the Eagles beat the Falcons 27-14. The third time we got together, we had Raisin Bran in the diner, and the Phillies dominated Tampa Bay in the fourth game of the World Series 10-2. Oh, wow. Fascinating. Let me think about that. Wait a minute. Well, why don't you think about when the Eagles beat the Seahawks 14 to 7? He was with you? He was with me. We went for a run. Really? There have been no games since Pat and I have been rehearsing every day. And if Pat had been with me like he was supposed to, he wouldn't have gotten in a fight. He wouldn't be in trouble. Did you have a a team growing up, Sam, that you guys all watched? Yes and no. We used to watch the. I'm from Dallas, so we used to watch the Cowboys. That was the team that we watched. That was back in the 90s when... They were winning, you know, had three championships, three Super Bowls, and they were like, they, that's when they were really America's team. But I remember not really liking the Cowboys so much. So I wanted to see other people do well. I yeah. want to root for the underdog, but that was the team we used to watch. And I didn't, I, I actually, 
like the Eagles back then. <laughs> no, was anybody. <laughs> yes. And I don't know. I, maybe, I don't know why. Maybe because they were a rival. Maybe I just, I still like the Eagles a lot. Yeah. Well, your brother played. He was my brother played for the yeah. Eagles. Yeah. He played for the Eagles for four years, three yeah. years. Yeah. Well, Hey, listen, if, if you're looking for an interesting movie as an Eagles fan uh, or a, a kind of Eagles fan, silver linings playbook is, is an interesting, well, Sam, dude, this was a lot of fun, man. Uh, I, I, I definitely want to encourage people to check out the book. Uh, what? Give me the website one more time, Sam. Yes, yes. So samachobook.com. You can go and pre-order the book uh, and learn more about... Even though, I, don't, I didn't talk about the catfishing story. Oh, dude, book, let's do it. But there are some behind-the-scenes <laughs> football stories. <laughs> let's yeah, let's, yes. let's do a bonus chapter, the catfish story. I feel like that should be it. <laughs> <laughs> you should do like, the, yes, like the, yes. your version of like a director's cut, you know, where there's just one extra chapter with the catfish story. So... But yeah, right. now, Sam, every time I watch Ballers now... But there gonna, are some behind the scenes, though. Yeah, scenes. every time I watch Ballers now, I'm going to tell people, Sam told me this is like a documentary. This is really <laughs> Dude, you know what's funny oh, about Ballers? No. Like, That's I was awesome. uh, Ballers is like if DJ Khaled, if his music video was a sports TV show. Like, it's just like... <laughs> <laughs> The, the, dude, I watched, and this is the digression, and I'll let you go. But I was watching somehow. I got down like an, an internet rabbit hole the other day, and uh-huh. I watched this video. Of, you know, you know DJ Khaled. Uh, of course, he's yeah. he's always out there on the jet ski. Again, Miami kind of got the ballers thing going. Yeah, and, he, yes. and he's like, and he lives like baller lifestyle, right? There's a yes. video that I stumbled on. It was taken from a Snapchat stories from a few years ago, and it's like he's jet skiing around Miami, right? Uh-huh. Like he goes to a big lunch, he goes to a yacht party. Anyway, the, it gets darker and darker as the as the the day wears on and the sun is going down. And DJ Khaled gets lost on his jet ski at sea with no lights and only Snapchat to help him. It is the, it is one of the greatest videos on the internet because the panic was real. But that's the danger of that baller <laughs> lifestyle. One minute you're top of the world, the next, next minute, minute you're, you're lost, lost at sea. sea on a jet ski. <laughs> Use a Snapchat to help you find your way home. Now that's a movie. I would yeah, watch that. Yeah, I'd watch that too. Yeah, we just need to throw some football in there and we'll get it on the list. Well, Sam, dude, this was a blast, man. It's always good uh, catching up. And uh, people definitely need to check out the pod. What, what's going? Tell me the latest on yes, that. Yes, the I let home you go. team podcast. Yeah, so it's me, Steve Carter, Samantha Ponder. We talk about the intersection of sports, faith, culture, family. Uh, social issues, so that, and that can be found anywhere podcasts are found. Awesome. Well, definitely people check it out, rate and review. Sam, once again, man, this was a blast. Thanks, dude. Awesome. Thanks so much, Jesse. 